The answer's no. I haven't even heard the question yet. Now, the truth is, you'd be doing me a real favor. I got all these young colts that need riding. Rimrock here, he's... You know, he's feeling kind of left out. Poor thing. He'd be grateful. He'd take real good care with you. Is this how you're going to make me pay my phone bill? No, no, ma'am. That part's extra. Oh, bought you a hat. Oh, I have a hat. I know, I've seen it. The Scotch on the Rocks. Please, any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course, uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. Light rum gone! I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. All right, gentlemen. We're, uh... Reconvening for uh, the anniversary of the Horse Whisperer and Lawn Dogs, and I think of the two movies, Lawn Dogs is the one that you really need to focus on uh, age disparity. That is <laughs> that's something that we probably will emphasize many times over. So if you don't know what Lawn Dogs is, and I didn't before watching it for this episode, uh, be ready for some discomfort, for some some cringe. And uh, this was May 15th through the 17th, 1998. Opening weekend, our mainstream release was The Horse Whisperer, which still opened number two, although it was the top new film. It opened behind uh, the second weekend of Deep Impact uh, to $13.6 million. And Lawn Dogs opened on 12 screens to twenty two grand. So... Um, Jared, I hope you have more information than that here because there's just a, a weird number that sticks out about lawn dogs. And I think this can't be accurate, but they have the budget for it is $8. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, the type of effort that I would imagine that went into it because, yeah. You're saying it looks like an $8 movie? It doesn't look good, no. <laughs> Jared wanted it to be in a crystal clear 4K when we saw <laughs> Sam Rockwell's yeah, when they shotgun take him, blast stomach. <laughs> when they take him away in the back of the cop car for hanging out with a 10-year-old girl, yes. Fine. Ruin our fun, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assumed he was wanting the 4K for when Sam Rockwell you know, rips out his shirt in the car with the cold beer and just you know the arm out the, hey, the window. Hey. Let's not jump ahead because you're actually using some of the few positives I have on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time about 24 hours ago where I'm like, I'm going to like this movie. And that did not last. So, uh, yeah, before we uh, get into it too much, Jared, set the scene here. What was the, the total as far as the grosses for both these films and the uh, critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes? We'll start with the big film, The Horse Whisperer. That had a 74% from critics, 72% from the audience. 75.3 million domestic on a $60 million estimated budget. It made a lot more money, though, uh, noteworthy worldwide. 111.5 million foreign. 
Hmm. I, I have to admit that kind of surprises me, but uh, a little odd given the uh, you know the cowboy kind of USA nature sure. of the film. Yeah. I, it, it it did really well for him. Um, hmm. Lawn Dogs, seventy two percent critics, eighty four percent from the audience. A little shocking. domestic. Uh, It never really made it past the 12 theaters that it opened on on an estimated $8 million budget, not $8. 8 million? 8 million, yep. I mean, uh, the $8 is an obvious mistake. (laughs) So is 8 million. It also kind (laughs) of sounds like a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Sam Rockwell... uh, got a good paycheck out of this this gig so all right i'll i'll leave it to you gentlemen should we start with the mainstream film or you want to start off with forgotten i don't time? think it matters i don't think it matters josh is saying it's gonna be bad no matter what. <laughs> so buckle in dear listeners if you like the episodes of pain here we go double feature i'll you know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna start with the only one i have notes for is lawn dogs because my main note for the horse whisperer is the absolute pain I had in consuming it and watching it. <laughs> Saturday morning, <laughs> set my alarm at 8 a.m. Oh. I know this, know this is a long movie, so I'm like, all right, I need to give myself plenty of time. Have breakfast, shower, whatever, let the dog out, get settled, write some notes for long dogs. I am pushing a little bit. I'm like, 10 a.m. All right, but this is a two-hour, 40-some minute movie. That will give me a little bit of wiggle room, but that's that's enough. It'll be fresh on my mind. And I really only pushed it because I had a DVD rip of this that I had on the iPad that I was going to watch over breakfast, and it looked like shit. The movie looks like shit. And all I knew about it was this is a fairly expensive uh, Robert Redford film that's got this majestic scenery, and I'm like, well, God, I just have a really bad... This is just a really bad copy. I was like, I know it's not streaming anywhere, so... Uh, I've got some Amazon Prime credit. I'll just rent it because the... Uh, Thankfully, the buy price on this was like $18 digitally or something something insane mm-hmm. for a movie that's 21 years old. They're like, you got 20 bucks? Here's a digital copy of The Horse Whisperer. <laughs> Thank you very much. <clears throat> so I rent the thing for like 3 or $4 in HD. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give Redford the attention he deserves, right? He's got this big <laughs> horse opus that I'm going to watch. <laughs> and I guess uh, because recently for... Like the holiday season, I set my wife up with a lot of like Google Home products. Like she, she really took to like having a kitchen speaker, got her one of those like the screens you saw with the Home Alone commercials and got a, a video doorbell for security and just little mini speakers all over the house. I guess that completely killed my router. I guess it is working overtime because I was telling Jared earlier, Horse Whisperer, almost damn near three hours for something I don't really care about. I don't care about the West. I don't care about horses. I do like Robert Redford. I'll give him that. About every three minutes, the movie would come to a complete stop, and I'd have to reset the app or the Apple TV to get Amazon Video to load. And Mm. I think I made it through about the first 20, 30 minutes. And not only that, it still looks like shit. (laughs) I'm like, why are there black bars over this? Why does this look like a VHS copy? Only then... Do I go to Google and there's there's a form for everything where there are people like me they're like why does this movie look like shit? Oh, Redford had this idea when it came out theatrically that it would be all squared off and then when they actually get to the west, the majestic mm-hmm. west, the curtains would pull back and it would actually fill up the screen. It opens up, yep. 
PR Max, the pre Max <laughs> age. <laughs> yes, and that does not really apply in 2019, 21 years later, watching on a tablet that Redford couldn't even imagine then. And I'm looking at it like, man, I'm not giving this guy the proper respect. It cost me $4. $4 and a lot of time is what that man cost me. <laughs> I find a little, <laughs> like, little two-foot Ethernet cable I've got stored away, and I decide, all right, I gotta go to the other room. We gotta hook up my Apple TV. We gotta hardwire this motherfucker. To watch the <laughs> and at this point, I'm telling you, Joe, I'm like, I am way behind. Like that little 20 minute cushion I had, they went out the window. And what is the end result of all this? As Jared sent me a text, dude, it's not worth it. It's not worth, it's not worth all this trouble. It were not. <laughs> no, nope. certainly were not. So, if you like this movie, and I doubt we have listeners that are super fans of this particular film, but if you do, I'm just saying that's the caveat here. That's my experience trying to watch it. So I was not, I was not really in the most pleasant of moods for like Yoda, Master of Horses, with uh, Redford here. <laughs> but I was thankful when they got to the West that it actually looked like a real movie again. So there's that. So Jared, that's all my side. Tell these people what basically what is this what is this movie about? What is this? Well, in this movie, our hero, the semi truck. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for the laughs. There we go. How dare you, sir? That almost took Scarjo from us. So I don't know if I totally agree with you there. Oh, but seriously, um, Scarjo is on her horse with her friend, also on her horse. They get into a terrible accident. A little girl dies. She loses her leg. Um, the horse is almost put down, but they both agree, uh, her, well, not, they b don't both agree. Her mother, um, decides to take her and the horse out west for this, like, as you said, Yoda, magical horse whisperer to work his magic on the horse, which, spoiler alert, he does, but also works his magic on the mother and the daughter, healing all three of them of all now, their veritable wounds. That sweet sexual say, healing. Yeah. <laughs> the mother here is married to the hero of Jurassic Park. And I just have to put out there. And the hero of this movie. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was asking for the mother to be healed. She did not get hit by a truck like the horse and ScarJo. There was no need for healing. That is, <laughs> that's called home wrecking. Mr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it honestly is the worst part of the movie for me. Yep. Not that I'm like super defensive over the same Neil character who's not really in the movie that much. But anytime it devolves into a romance, I'm actually kind of mildly interested in how someone would psychologically rebuild a horse to not be, mm -hmm. I guess, freaked out and an asshole all the time. So when you get into the Jedi training stuff, I actually am paying attention. Yep. It's when that almost, I don't know, for almost like the last hour of the movie, it's like we're not even bothering with that much anymore. It's this New York City, you know, businesswoman who, of course, like a Nancy Myers movie, they're always like working in a magazine. They're an editor for a magazine, which is aged like milk at this point. But <laughs> how she learns to like get back to like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, the true meaning of being a human but i honestly don't think she's that bad of a woman when she's in the city she cares about her daughter she cares about the horse she wants to figure this out and she's willing to like spend her money and time to do so i didn't necessarily think and I, it kind of comes up in arguments later with little scarlett johansson that i guess there's an expectation that she's supposed to be like the perfect daughter 
But I didn't feel like their relationship was that bad because you don't actually see them together before the accident. That's happening before we even see these two characters together. Yeah, you would... Some of it, I guess, maybe comes down on your ideal of correct parenting, which, I mean, I don't think by definition there's a correct way of doing it, but um, her character versus Sam Neill's character kind of have different approaches, especially after this accident, because he's very much like... as I think most people would be tempted to do, wants to just, you know, he wants to be there for her every need. And um, he's he's being much more visually sympathetic. I mean, he's I don't think he's, like, overdoing it, but that's very much the role he's taking, whereas the mother is very much, um, we have to push her. You know, we have to push her to not fall into a complacency of just not trying to get over this, you know, and... I think it does borderline on making her unlikable in the early part of the movie because... You just uh, don't like her haircut, Josh. Well, that's definitely a knock against her. <laughs> there's something wrong. Something wrong there with that. But, I uh, think there's a shorthand in movies that short hair on women means, like, cold or distant. No nonsense. They're not going to take it type of attitude. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, and because really, even before the accident, just the scenes they were showing her, of her in her in the uh, the the magazine uh, headquarters that they work at, uh, she just comes off as with the way she's talking to her husband on the phone and just all that. And even um, I think Scarlett Johansson's character even kind of makes a lot mention of like when she's riding the horse with her friend. They're like, is your mom not going to be home this week? And she's like, ah, oh, who knows? So it's very much, they're, they're making her out to be a colder, more distant parent out, out of the two. But uh, to kind of go be back. Fair, it looks like ScarJo has a pretty good life. Yes. Yeah, she don't really have, uh, well, maybe she could have been taught some better common sense as to when it would be a good time to ride ponies outside, uphill, taking shortcuts, you know, on icy paths. I w- <clears throat> my wife had a big issue with um, <clears throat> the tr- the truck being involved in the accident because I, I kind of generally knew that there was an accident <laughs> with the horse. I just thought yeah. that this little girl falls off or she's in one of those competitions, which we see a video for. Right. And I just thought it was just like just a fluke accident. And I see a truck and I'm like, okay, like what? <laughs> it what was is, what is happening? It was one of those things that when I was watching it, like okay, so they. It starts off with the other girl saying that through here, it's a shortcut. Like, okay, that was the first red flag. Like, yep, shortcut, <laughs> you're on horses, something's getting ready to happen. Okay. Um, then the horses start like scrambling up this hill and they keep sliding because it's ice. And you're like, okay, here it is. And, you know, they're going to slide and fall down and somebody's going to get hurt or killed it's not a or shortcut whatever. If it's taking you 20 damn minutes, to <laughs> no. climb this, if the horses can't make it up the hill. But when the horses go crazy and, and run out to the road, and you see not only a semi on a very dangerous, icy, curvy country road, but it's like a bat out of hell. Like, like it's, <laughs> it is bearing down. Like, you know, like it's just going full steam. You're like, dude, I don't think anybody would be driving the, a semi on those roads quite like that. It was it, like uh, you'd expect Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves to be on there, and Dennis Hopper's on the phone <laughs> talking about they have to maintain their speed. There's no other traffic. I'm just wondering no. what sort of delivery has to be made here. Where Where are you going? I was utterly shocked at the amount of carnage and mayhem that <laughs> was created in this 
this accident involving a couple girls riding a horse. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally unnecessary and borders on comical. Yeah, I think uh, if you just if you just have the comical. horse fall over, and uh, you know the girl falls the wrong way, breaks her neck, whatever, and those type accidents happen all sure. the time. You don't need the full on drama of a crazy semi wiping out. They really want to put an extra guilt complex on the Scarlett Johansson character for her not being able to like rein in her friend and her friend on a horse. And I'm like, that's not going to be possible anyway. No, uh, I mean all that going on. If she had done what she should have done would have been left the road for her own safety. And she only lost her leg because she was trying to and help her friend. horse doesn't have to take a uh, <laughs> yeah. night truck to the face. The chest. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why he's fucking pissed. I understand why he's got trust issues. <laughs> Everybody get away. <laughs> but no, this... Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, well, I was just going to say, you, you were commenting on the, the different tones of the movie, and I think that's its uh, maybe second largest sin, <laughs> the biggest one being its runtime, uh, is that it doesn't know what type of movie it wants to be. It goes from being a... Uh, the, the daughter is... You know, she she loses part of her leg. She's an amputee, and it takes a psychological toll on her. So it goes from being like, okay, is this going to be a movie about her healing? Then it goes from that to, okay, we're taking this horse out to see this guy who can who can heal it. So it's like, okay, so it's a little bit more of a, a boy and his dog type movie of, like, seeing this relationship of fixing this horse. And like you said, you know, the kind of the magic of seeing him do his thing. You're like, okay, well, that's a cool aspect of it. Then it's a fish out of water story because the mom and the daughter are so out of place out in of the country. Of course, she's got a, a ringing cell phone that sets the horse off. Yeah, like when he gets a moment when he finally gets to like bathe for the first time in weeks or a month <laughs> or whatever. It's like covered in mud and shit, and then he's like finally like he's at the spa. And she has the audacity to be like, "What is this? Some sort of like physical therapy?" I'm like, "Just let it happen. Just, just shut up. You yes. you brought you, you drove thousands of miles because this guy's like a genius, and you're questioning everything he does. <laughs> shut up and let him well, work." And what she happened to be questioning at that time was not him like lighting candles and chanting around the horse. It was bathing the horse. I'm like, <laughs> "Why is the horse in the water?" <laughs> but then, worst of all, it turns into like you said this. Stupid romance that nobody was asking for. Like I was, most of the time you see a movie leaning into a romance. I was utterly shocked when when that came. I was like, really? <laughs> In this movie, that's that's the direction we're going. Uh, I like to imagine Josh standing up and throwing his beer on the ground. Like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> this is about a man and his horse, and that's all I need in life. That's it, Jared. Yes, sir. You've got thoughts, I know you do, as a man who is on record. I think, like, your Twitter account is just there to tell people that you hate horses. Like, every once in a while, I'll just pop up and see a random tweet of a hideous horse and you saying something pithy, like, so majestic. Ha, ha, ha. Real quick, before before Jared goes into his rant. Yeah, because this will be ten minutes right here. The, the, extra, the extra enjoyment I did get from this film was every time, like, there were so many shots of a close-up of the horse's eye, like, whenever somebody was approaching, and it was that bewildered, like, oh, God, I'm going to die type look. And I was like, every time Jared approaches a horse, I bet that's like the the imagery that it happens. Knows. And so wait, are you talking about the, the horse hate. or Jared? Or both? Either. <laughs> Probably both. Probably both. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> that first scene where Robert Redford walks up 
at, at that hotel to see the horse for the first time, and the the horse is kind of standing back in the darkness, like hiding, <laughs> like <laughs> Redford's like squinting, like barely approaching. I, I'm pretty sure that's how Jared views like all all horses. To be fair, that's how Jared views every one of these <laughs> Skype calls on a weekly basis. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I keep on waiting for my camera to burn out. <laughs> But you loved it, Jared, right? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, absolutely. Well, I, I actually thought maybe Jared kick out the runtime. I'm like, maybe Jared actually would like the horse sequences because <laughs> you hate horses so much. And with this horse in particular, it's most people saying, like, we ought to shoot it. Like, or <laughs> take a gun to shoot yeah. yourself. Anybody can this see thing. this horse ought to be put down. <laughs> zero, zero sympathy for a horse that covers a small child, protects her, and takes a truck to the face and chest. <laughs> At full speed, zero sympathy for him. Like God, he's just so annoying, so agitated. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really uh, with the first thirty, forty-five minutes where it's, we should just put this horse down. No, don't do that to him. Yeah, man, we know more than you do. We need to put this horse down. Yeah, I, I know what side I was on. Um, yeah, the you know the runtime, the runtime's awful. Two hours and forty-two minutes. Any time spent on a horse is a waste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, wait so for this movie if we remove the horse element is there something with the humans you like i mean not really <laughs> sam neil did nothing wrong it's one of the most blatant cases of you know the husband doing absolutely nothing wrong but the 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 wife gets caught up in this very uh, sterilized version of ranch life that she's being presented as the outsider um, that she's fallen in love with. Mm, uh, that's a good point. That it is. It's like, how about you go shovel some fucking horse shit or cow shit and tell me how much you love being on the ranch? <laughs> <laughs> I actually give. I was giving the film a little bit of credit because I think the first time, not the first time we see Robert Redford, because that's when she calls him on the phone or he calls her from a payphone, which I'm just like, ah. Isn't he like Mr. Common Man? Like he, you know, he's like, I have to stop on the side of the road and take this, like from a dusty diner. Like, hated that. I felt like Redford was enjoying himself a little bit too much as a guy that's been in film for decades, as like you know, Brad Pitt, like Playboy, like playing this folksy hero. Like, oh, he was. We know that's not you. As yeah, much was, as you like the West, Redford. <laughs> he was certainly painting himself as super stoic, and just mm -hmm. and just <laughs> groveling in it, you know. Well, even the stuff that's wrong with him. Like, uh, he had a, a failed marriage previously, and I I actually was kind of surprised at that. That's not really a plot spoiler, but I thought for sure, like, given the way he's playing the character and the way everyone sort of talks around him, it's like his family kind of coddles that aspect of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, oh, she's died or something. Yeah, yeah some sort of tragedy. exactly and what I thought, I thought. And you know what? <laughs> that's usually kind of stupid, but in this instance, I thought, like, well, that would make a lot more sense because that would help him – relate more to this child who lost her friend in the accident who's you know she can't connect with this horse that she cared about this horse saved her life and it's freaked out it's like okay a man who comes from grief and tragedy i get it but instead he's like yeah she didn't much like living on the ranch that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> See, he's like the horse he's spooked she's a city slicker from new york city <laughs> I couldn't think about anything but that fucking salsa commercial whenever they kept on bringing up her from New York. Like. Jared, how often do you think about that salsa commercial? Anyway? Not very often, admittedly. No. You think about it all the time because you love salsa. 
What an odd angle. <laughs> Who doesn't love salsa? <laughs> what an odd burn. You love salsa, don't you, boy? <laughs> Wait a minute. This started with me trying to just... Jared, you're weird. You probably think about that commercial all the time. And then I had to jump to Jared's defense. Hey, now. <laughs> I have salsa in my refrigerator, asshole. <laughs> How ridiculous. There, there was a story that Josh loves to tell, but I don't know if it was salsa where... Nope. Uh, it was sour cream. Jared, he he likes to dip his. I'm assuming it was a chip. It probably I hope wasn't so. a celery stick or a carrot. No, it wasn't just his pinky. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, if I if I say you're dipping the celery stick, then that that frames you in a total different light. That frames you as the Kristen Scott Thomas character, the city slicker. <laughs> you hey, <man>. salad. <laughs> yeah, actually, isn't that Can't a Chris Cooper line in this? Yeah, like people from New York, like ugh, just. So anyway, um, what did I like about the movie? I think I would have liked it better if, uh, for whatever reason, the daughter is dropped off and the mom has to go back to work in New York. And it ends up just being Redford and Scarlett Johansson and the horse. Yeah, Those I are feel the three like people, that's three the movie. Creatures. Yeah, that yeah. was the movie that was kind of being promised at the beginning, I think. And it felt like it needed to be. And it's just too sprawling. It just tries to do too much. I mean, it takes like 45 minutes of just the beginning of the movie of after the accident of everybody kind of moping around and everything before they I think even that's like about as long as the uh the crappy square box happens and that is the reason yeah. i wasted my money today <laughs> um that yeah, was probably just, one of the best scenes though whenever they actually bond together over the pickup truck i think that was like one of the very few enjoyable scenes in the entire movie. yeah the, there there's there's a good movie in there <laughs> about about an hour and a half's worth and <laughs> yeah. maybe a couple alternate scenes recorded that takes the mother out of the picture and all and all that. I tell you what, Jared, if you like a scene with an adult trucks. man in a pickup truck, with oh an yes, girl, do I, do I, have, I have the segue. movie for you? Do I what have a segue! Hello, I'm Devin Tompkins Stockard, Young Ranger. I'm selling thumbprint cookies. All proceeds go to the Pinecone Charity House of McCabe County. Is that a 65 Ford? My uncle had a truck like that. He said the mounts were going bad on the truck. So one night, he drove it into Spoon River. And never drove back out. What a shame. That's what my aunt said. You can rebuild the mounts. I did. I used to mow lawns when I was a kid. After a while, it gets to be there's nothing in the world but lawn. Green lawn. And the best damn thing about lawns is they always grow back. Josh, why don't you tell our listeners a probably true forgotten film in Lawn Dogs? What is this about? Well, Lawn Dogs, where to begin? Uh... <laughs> The many yeah. criminal offenses in this. <laughs> Start with the rap all, sheet. All, yeah. all of them, all of them stemming from stupid pranks. Like every character in here, every every character that lives in this rich ass suburban Louisville mansion, uh, what's it called, Camelot Springs or Gardens or whatever. Mm. Uh, all of them are Dennis the Menace. No matter if they're eight <laughs> years old or they're sixteen years old, you have just prowling grown men, college age, that just have sugar packs. To put people's gas tanks 
absurd movie, and I'm betting Jared loved it, every minute of it. <laughs> we will find out. Oh, uh, is it cut to me, or are we still going through the... Uh... I don't think we've explained it all. I think people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Underage <laughs> yeah. girls, sugar in gas tanks. Uh, yeah, so there's a 10-year-old girl named Devin, and uh, I think I saw in one of the descriptions where they referred to her as a misanthrope. And I'm like, yep, she does. <laughs> she hates people, um, so that sounds about right. Uh, that She's obviously uh, acting out against her upper-class parents uh, as far as she just does everything bad like intentionally she just wants to ruin their good day and their their well, image and stuff the opening scene is uh her making cookies or fixing them up to sell within the neighborhood to presumably rich neighbors and there's a fly that lands on one of the cookies and she just smashes it in and it's like good enough Somebody yeah in the same it. the same area where she's like normally pressing in candy on this one she presses in a fly i'm like yep somebody gets to eat a fly uh, she, in her, you know, <laughs> little misadventures of causing trouble for everybody, she ends up, I don't know how she knows, um, Sam Rockwell's character beyond, he's just the, the hired hand for, uh, cutting the lawns in the neighborhood. I don't know if she has taken interest in him before the beginning of the movie, but kind of like she sets out to go straight to his property where he Which lives. Which is not easy to find. As no. As, like, <clears throat> the final sequence of the movie will show you what it's like to drive out of that place. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is a holler. I mean, yes. Yeah. I don't know how she took her little uh, red wagon there with her cookies. And it seems like a pretty easy walk, too, as many times as she shows up. Yeah. So we get a little bit of backstory on Rockwell's character. And he's basically a young guy just trying to mind his own business. He lives a very kind of... Uh, rough backwoods life, just <laughs> cutting these lawns to make ends meet. He lives in like a small, uh, single wide out that he has parked in the, <laughs> like you said, the sticks. And give him a little bit of credit though, Josh. He spends time drinking and pounding ass. He's a cool character. <laughs> he's a cool cat. He's he's got a little bit to live for. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the reason I bring all that other stuff up though is that there's obviously class difference between what he's living versus the people he's sure. surrounded by, you know, cutting their lawns and stuff. And that becomes conflict because, uh, I, I don't know. Because they have too much time on their hands. <laughs> Everyone in this movie has too yeah. much time. Even Sam Rockwell, this little girl shows up at my house. I'm like, uh, you shouldn't be here. At most, at most, I'm going to give her a ride back to her parents' house and then tell them, hey, she just showed up at my place. Uh, I don't live next door, so I don't know how she got out there. But you know, you, you might want to be concerned about her. Mm-hmm. Case close. That's yep. <laughs> should Roll be credits. case closed. <laughs> yep. So yeah, they they form an unlikely friendship. The 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 two uh, black sheep, I guess, if you will. And um, at least the movie does <laughs> it does address the fact that the very things that make us uncomfortable watching it, like, dude, you probably shouldn't be hanging out with this 10 year old. And that's even if it's innocent, it's going to look, it's going to look bad. That does become the conflict <laughs> of the film is that, uh, it is certainly an issue for people when they start to say, like, uh, what's going on? Why, why are you talking to that man? I think, uh, <clears throat> the reason I bring up Sam Rockwell getting laid is because one sequence, um, one of the women that's, I guess, dating the sort of preppy college age guys, one of them in that community, 
Like it's taking her walk on the wild side, I guess. Like, cause there's a moment where he shows up in her world and she acts like she doesn't know him, mm-hmm. but it's not that he's like totally isolated in a hermit, which I felt like the movie wants you to feel that way. Or it's like this girl's like the only one who's like taking the time to socialize with him. So that's why he lets it go on too long. I feel like that was a mistake to show him like, no, he's sleeping with someone his own age. So why? Why is he? Because this girl's she's a weird little shit, and she says weird things, and even those weird things don't necessarily set well with him either. Like there's a moment where she sleeps over, and she keeps telling the story of the Baba, Baba Yaga or whatever. Baba Yaga, yeah. And he's like, "All right, enough. I have to work in the morning. That's end of story." <laughs> and I'm like, "Finally, it's like like some realism here." The movie's weird. Let me let me here's some notes I wrote down. Um a movie, Lawn Dogs, a movie where almost every interaction is sexually charged. I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> yep. Now, look, there are two posters. I've got a Rotten Tomatoes, I think, has the woman, the mother of this weird girl, with her, like, in a sort of a sexualized pose, oh, like yeah. she's getting ready to undress for Sam Rockwell, <laughs> which doesn't actually happen in the movie. Now, she's having an affair with one of the bullies, like, behind her husband's back, who also tries to molest her daughter. But that never actually comes to light because her parents don't want to believe it, but they do believe Sam Rockwell would. And then the IMDb cover is <clears throat> shirtless Sam Rockwell staring at us with the pickup truck behind him. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, if I saw these, you know, back in the video store days, I'd be like, is that like some sort of like Cinemax, like softcore thing? Like, you got the lawn boy coming over to like <laughs> just lay pipe as far as I can see. <laughs> old young whatever it's weird and weeding the garden the, mike weeding the garden even one of the bullies the, not now not the child molester one or the one screwing the child's mother the other one has some sort of gay crush on sam rockwell where he like grabs his hand and then like strokes it while he's like taunting him yep all this stuff is too much there's too much of this stuff in well, the movie it's just hinted at they don't do anything with any of it the the bully Gosh. Do you, you really want them to no, see all that through? No, 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 I don't. No, but what I'm getting at is why even put it you. in there to be, to begin with? You know, like if if you don't have a story to tell with that, why are you even teasing it? it like you said, you got the scene where the the first bully starts to, I don't know if you'd call it molest. It's certainly uncomfortable. He's touching the little girl, you know, with a bullet and saying some very inappropriate things. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. Whatever his plan is, there is not good. Right, right. It's very wrong. Um, so you're like, okay, so this is going to be an issue. This dude's got some messed up issues that, like, we're going to have to like deal with him later. Nope, nope. That gets dropped. I think that guy actually uh, gets out of this movie unscathed. He does, and he's like the biggest scumbag of all of them. Um, like you said, the the one character that's showing some gay, you know, inclinations. It's Hinted at, but it's not it's really not even hidden. All this stuff happens out in the street with some other character standing right there. Like right. his other buddy is right there when he <laughs> wouldn't you? Okay, Jared. Jared comes up on shirtless lawn dog Sam Rockwell and Josh. Me and you were standing there, and Jared sasses him or calls him a name, and then grabs his hand, and they start like stroking each other's hands and looking into each other's eyes as they're sassing each other. <laughs> Would you or I not be like? Uh, well, maybe well, not in that moment, but maybe <laughs> later we'll be like a Jared. Uh, 
So what, what, what's going on with you, man? What's, <laughs> Couldn't help but notice. What happened there? <laughs> I'm glad that I was the example used in that. <laughs> well, well, if I said it, Josh, I can't say Josh because the listeners are already wondering why Josh wanted more of this. Like he wants to see this to completion. And I'm obviously not going to use myself. Don't be crazy. <laughs> Here's another quote. I'm not Jared. I'll just Jared would never say this, and Josh wouldn't either. These are just weird freaks in this weird freak of a movie. The two bullies looking at Sam Rocco mowing. Just mowing. What a waste. That man just mows and mows like it would make a difference. The other one says, that man's got a plan. First our lawns, then our women. <laughs> what are you talking about? What? <laughs> Where do you get that from Sad Sack Rockwell, who, unless provoked, barely makes eye contact and doesn't say a word to anyone? Let me tell you something. Many times have I drove down my road, other places I've lived, oh and there's oh. been dudes out mowing the lawn. That thought has never crossed my mind. Like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> oh, they're out for world domination. They're, they're out to ruin me Mike. and my family. I've got plenty of stories about lawn dogs. I just never told you. I've been waiting for this very podcast. Uh, it's so ignorant. I was trying to watch this at work, and... Uh, I couldn't because I, I didn't know where the movie was going to go. Where I was afraid, like I'm watching. Oh, the iPad, you didn't and, like, know like, gonna, what might show up. <laughs> well, you got this relationship between Sam Rockwell and this underage girl, and at one point she insists to like show him, take her shirt off, and show him. And he, in a moment of common sense, says, "Hey, you're too young. We can't have this type of relationship." And he turns his back. Like, I'm not looking at anything. Please stop that. And she wants to show him her scar, and then he has a scar. But then he lets it go too far when she starts touching his scar and like rubbing his stomach and. So all of that, I can't have this on at work. Like I'm, I'm watching some sort of like weird pornography with the child, uh, or the, the guys who are just obsessed with like men on lawnmowers. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those things. I think it's it's hard to have any sort of rooting interest. Like I, I, by the end of it, I didn't know what I actually wanted to happen because I felt like every bad thing that happens to almost all the characters is well deserved. It's like they they knew there was a turning back point. Or they shouldn't do something. So the bully, he ends up getting shot, not by Sam Rockwell, but by a little girl. And as weird as that is, I'm like, well, you fucking asked for it, man. This is why you don't go, you know, fucking with people over CDs. Like, <laughs> yeah. you lost four CDs, and now you're shot in the stomach. You and I'm like, yeah. literally ruined right. this dude's like only form of income because you think he took a couple CDs. You go and trash like th- a piece of equipment that is like thousands of dollars. And he's Another the quote. dude's... Poor as it is. How about we go to the mall and pick up some fresh sound? These two boys say. <laughs> as they listen to, and I, I, I went back on this scene, they listen to Black Velvet, which was the number one hit, <laughs> top the charts, in 1990 for two weeks. A one-hit wonder. They're listening to Black Velvet, and they have the balls to say to one another, let's go pick up some fresh sound. <laughs> I hate to say this. This was this is a Kentucky movie. This was filmed in Kentucky. Thank God it was filmed in Louisville. And that Rockwell's wearing a Cardinals cap because I hated that. When I, I didn't program it for that reason, but I hated finding out, like, great. Our state gets lawn dogs to show up and film this weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah, not good. Go ahead, okay, Jared, I know you liked at, it. I know you're looking. Hell no, I didn't I, like what, it. Damn, okay, well, you, you, just, you were just like... <sighs> 
suspiciously quiet during all that and i'm like am i like ripping into jared's like your thing we're like this is a this is a hidden treasure because on rotten if you look at rotten tomatoes there are people saying that oh, saying yeah. this is like a modern classic well people i think try to get into this whole like it's allegorical it's like a fairy tale she befriends the 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 cur- the supposed curmudgeon you know bad guy in the woods and then they have this frolicking adventure but like you said it's so fucking weird and goes in so many different directions like i can't understand for the life of me how you could like this i by the end of it i didn't know what i'd watched i had no idea what i watched insanity <laughs> you know, like it, there- there's inclination to want to like Sam Rockwell's character. There's a lot of things he does that you do like and, and everything, but uh, I have to lump it in the same category, not for the sheer obvious reasons of uh, Michael Jackson. And that's what I always tell people, especially anybody that defends, like oh, they never found him guilty of anything, is that, you know what? Either A, he did do it and he was guilty, or B, he was one of the most ignorant people in the whole world to allow himself to be, <laughs> to put himself in a position to look that guilty, uh, where it's like you absolutely would not, anybody with any common sense would not allow themselves in those situations, even if it was innocent, well-intentioned, because it looks, it looks like something very wrong, and it's going to come down on you. He's got a roller coaster, though, Josh. Or had a roller coaster. Cotton candy yeah, machine. He is like, dead, Jared. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> In case you were still scared to mm. go outside. I don't I don't dead. think he took Neverland with him. Neverland ranch with him. Did either one of you see the uh Chappelle bit on Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm trying to find I it right now because I think I want I, I want to drop it in. He defends uh, him to no end, and then when they finally ask him, would you let your kids stay over at his house? Hell no! Ooh! <laughs> 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 well, I think the problem is, is that he's got so many different Michael Jackson things that I'm like, I'm getting hit with all <laughs> sorts of it? stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'll drop it in if I can find it. Um so that I, I think this to me feels like if my problem with the horse whisperer is, you know, it, it's it's too big and maybe a little too full of itself in the sense that like this is like a big moving epic when it's actually like the scenery is epic and I guess the idea of the the mythology of like the cowboy and the horse whisperer that dynamic is sort of over the top, but the actual like plotline is about a very small thing about a little girl getting over this trauma and they just expand that out this one i don't know honestly like when it got to the the end of it when they actually start doing like the fairy tale stuff i was like sure why not <laughs> yeah fucking let's have uh, the little girl and sam rockwell make the rivers rise and like forest grow through the pavement whatever at this point because none of it is like set in reality like the way I couldn't get over how little time these people had, like, that you would feel the need if you drive this nice classic convertible, uh, bright yellow, like a super douchebag car. And instead of going out and getting yourself laid, you're obsessed with this lawnmower guy and wondering about how often he's getting laid. It makes sense for one of them who has, like, a crush on him. Right. The other one, I have no idea why he's spending his days, like, Dennis the Menace creeping around the neighborhood, like, with Sugar, ready to play pranks on him. Uh, I I think they need to switch 
tone. I think they need to switch. These two movies need to switch styles. Lawn Dogs need to be like this three-hour epic where Sam Rockwell is an actual witch in the woods <laughs> and can do all this crazy stuff. <laughs> where he can talk to plants and he can talk to the river and animals and turtles or his like legion force, whatever. And I think Horse Whisperer need to be like, you know, at least two hours, but maybe like a 90-minute movie about... We see ScarJo dropped off at the ranch, and then she's fixed over the course of time. And her mom picks her up, and her marriage is fine because Sam Neill's awesome, and Redford stays with the horse shit where he belongs. <laughs> the end. See, if only you could have pitched that when you were, what was that, 15, 16 years old? Oh, yeah, I'm sure Redford would love to host me at Sundance. But no, nah, no, nah, son, you got this all wrong. You got it wrong, baby. <laughs> Yeah, you were in all the presidents' men. That was a long fucking time ago, man. Time's moved on. You man, see this movie, was... Lawn Dogs? Lawn Dogs rules. That's where you need to go. You know why I don't believe it? You know why I don't believe it? Because if Michael Jackson's out here doing all this molesting, then, then why not Macaulay Culkin? Hmm? Macaulay Culkin said in an interview that Michael Jackson never did anything inappropriate with him or even around him. Think about that shit. You know, I'm not a pedophile. But if I was, Macaulay Calkins the first kid I'm fucking. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'd be a goddamn hero. Hey, that guy over there fucks a kid from Home Alone, and you know how hard he is to catch. <laughs> <laughs> 